Samuel chapter 5, the Philistines had possession of the Ark of the Covenant after winning a battle with the Israelites. They took the Ark and put it in their temple and set it next to their god, Dagon. The next day, Dagon had fallen on his face. Confused yet undeterred, the Philistines re-erected Dagon. However, they were utterly dismayed when they found Dagon broken into pieces the very next morning. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that whenever we have idols in our lives, We must work to keep them propped up because they do not sustain us or provide for us. Only the one true God, Jesus, is worthy of our worship. Only He can provide and protect. Well, let's join Pastor Mark with today's edition of Come Alive from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 5. Here at Calvary Chapel, we're a little casual. The way we dress, the way we act, our music, we're in a warehouse. Not a whole lot of fluff in here. And we're a little casual. It's just cool. You can be. It's not about the appearance of all this stuff, but it's about what's in your heart. If somebody drives up, do they see the beauty of the Lord in a warehouse? What would bring people into a warehouse of Jesus Christ? So we get a little casual, a little relaxed, and we too will get ripped off if we get too casual and too relaxed. Thousands can, in a sense, lose their lives, spiritually speaking, when we take the word of God and start to relax with it. Well, God understands. Anybody ever said that? He understands. He knows, yeah, yeah, he, he, he'll understand that I'm going to go hang out with my buddies in that his quiet time, that intimate moment that I'm supposed to have with him, that date that I've set up with him can wait. And so thousands of people, in a sense, can lose their lives, spiritually speaking. The Philistines came in. They stole the power and the presence of God because why? Remember? The two priests, Phineas and Hophni, Hophni and Phineas, they got a little relaxed, a little too relaxed. They turned the temple into a brothel, started stealing from God, taking what belonged to God and taking it for themselves. And sometimes we may do that, whether it be glory. Oh, man, that was an awesome thing that you did. Man, I I love the way that guy came to the Lord. Yeah, well, you know, I had this plan, and I wrote it out, and it was about, first I used Romans 8, 28, and I explained, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Any fool knows you throw a screwdriver down on the ground, it can't screw a screw into the wood. There's got to be somebody twisting it. That'd be like a screwdriver going, yeah, I was pretty good at that. You see me? Yeah, bro. The hammer's like, but you needed somebody to pick you up put your pointed head in the hole and twist you around to get the job done. 
And so we tend to take the things that God deserves for ourselves. We get relaxed. See, we here have a friendship relationship with our God, and that's cool. Because of Jesus dying on that cross, he makes that available. But we need to be careful that our casual approach doesn't lead to a compromised attitude. It's all about the attitude. When you come here, are you really recognizing his presence here? I mean, from time to time, I'll see someone texting during a Bible study. I'm kind of up high, so I can see people writing. Are you texting? Are you checking your email? Checking the scores? Some people are like, yeah, dude, but I I got the Bible on my phone. Well, you know what? We hadn't moved, and I saw your thumbs punching away. You'll see that during a Bible study or looking up to see what time a movie starts after church. You know, they're on their phone, and you'll see the scrolling. A lot of things are seen from up here, but a lot more things are seen from up in heaven. A lot more. God's looking at your hearts. Where are they at? Hey, so what? You're in a building, in a warehouse, with a bunch of other freaks that call themselves Christians. Where are you at? Just because you're here doesn't mean you're here. Anybody ever been there? Man, I'm at the beach a lot of times when I'm at work. Mark, Mark, yes. What's up, dude? I'm sorry, I was at the beach. What were you doing there? Running in the sand. What do you do at the beach? (laughs) You know? See... I've learned the reason that the airline asks us to turn off our, our, our cell phones. You ever wonder that? Why do they ask me to turn my cell phone off? I've actually turned it on in mid-flight one time. Thought, let's see what happens. Let me tell you what happens. It, not every time, because I've done it. I had to test the theory and make sure it was 100% correct. Right when I turned on my phone, we hit some turbulence. I was like, oh, dear God, please forgive me. <laughs> I was on my way to a pastor's conference. I'm like, that is stink. I'd miss this one too if I didn't make it. Crash the plane. Why? Well, a guy turned on his cell phone. Really? Yeah, he was a pastor, Calvary Chat. I'd have ruined it for a bunch of pastors. <laughs> so the second time I turned it on, nothing happened. No phone reception, nothing. But quickly, somebody said, please make sure your cell phones are turned off. And I was like, oh, they know. <laughs> it's like the phone cops on the plane. So I shut it off real quick. But why do they ask? Have you ever thought about that? And so when I got off the plane, I said, hey, when you guys, and I wasn't going to admit that it was me that turned on the phone, but I was like, hey, when you guys came on and asked that, was that just like a pre-recorded message that comes on a certain amount of time inside the flight? And they're like, no, no, no. We know when a cell phone's turned on. There's a certain amount of interference that the the co-pilot hears. And I was like, oh. Well, that jerk, hopefully you catch him, you know, and I ran off the plane. <laughs> Why? Well, interference. Interference. There's something happening in the airwaves that can cause interference. They need to communicate with the tower, and just in case it causes that interference, we don't want to risk it. They don't want to risk it, and neither should we. We should not want to risk it. Same thing here. That phone. It doesn't have to be a phone. That thought, that thing can interfere not just with you, but with others. You know that? People around you? It can, it, can, it can have an effect on the people around you. And we should not have that kind of cavalier approach with God. What is most important? You or God? Uh, that's what we got to ask ourselves daily. What is most important in my life? Me or God? 
See, the ark had become their lucky thing. They had a casual approach to God. Let's not forget or forsake what is to happen here in his holy house. But not only phones, but also attitude. Attitude. Yeah, attitude. Some of us come in here with attitude. Good, bad, or eh, another Sunday. I don't care. What is your attitude? Have you ever thought, you know, how your attitude can affect the multitude around you? Remember when Jesus was in Nazareth, in his own hometown, and a handful or a lot of people didn't believe, and Jesus said, you know, there's a whole lot of people here who don't believe. Is your attitude that, I don't believe God's going to do a miracle today. I don't believe that God's going to, I'm going to experience God. If that's your attitude, you know what? Look what Jesus did. He says, you know what? If you're not going to believe, I'm not going to show up and do the miraculous. So, see ya. And he leaves. His own hometown. His own people. Some of us might be like, oh, that Jesus. How could he? He's not a family guy at all. But think about it. When his mom and his brothers show up and say, hey, he's crazy. He's like, who is my mother and my brothers? We know he's crazy. They're right there. and He doesn't know. Attitude. Isn't it weird? Don't you find it strange that when our attitude says we don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's God, and that we can experience those miraculous things in church inside this building, we wonder why he doesn't show. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why people aren't being healed in our church. I wonder why people aren't getting stable financially in our fellowship. I wonder why the church has so many problems overall. Do we really believe? That's the question. Do you really truly believe God will be here this morning to do a miraculous work in your life? Do you believe that? Or are you just kind of like, I'm here to support my wife or my husband or to show the kids that church is good. So is ice cream. If it's just good, go get ice cream. If you're not here to experience God and a miracle, why come? I'm just going to be, you know, just be big, be adult about it. Don't come and ruin it for a bunch of other people that are really wanting to watch God work. Don't ruin it. Don't bum it out. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Well, if he's all-powerful, why am I so important? You, I just told you, you were created in his image. Important to the whole. So if there's you sitting there that doesn't believe in a miraculous sign that God's powerful, there might be two or three others. And you put those two or three others together, and your attitude starts to really affect the multitude around you. You know, there's a whole lot of people who don't believe that Jesus is going to show up. And so he says, I'm not. If you don't believe I'm not going to show up, the Bible tells us faith. It's all about faith. Remember, praying for healing. If you believe, if you have faith, it's going to happen. If you have faith, if we have faith as a whole. Have you ever noticed how one person in tune with the Spirit can infect the entire room? Just one person. You ever meet those people that are just, it's like the Holy Spirit's just radiating from them. They're just bleeding the Holy Spirit and Scripture and all that good stuff. Or at a Bible study and someone says something and the whole group listens to that person like, oh man, that was of the Lord. It may not be every time that this person speaks, but maybe it is. Maybe it's one time and everybody stops and listens. Like E.F. Hutton, if you remember the old commercials. 
How does that happen? Well, it's the attitude of the heart. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. But there are those times when attitudes will affect those around you and then that person doesn't feel like worshiping and then another and then soon we don't sense his presence and it seems like God's gone. In their hipness and in their cool and their casualness, he was no longer welcome. We know this dude. He grew up next door. That's Mary's son. How about his brothers, James? He's got some sisters. He's not God. He didn't do anything when he was a kid. He helped his dad in the shop. He swept up the sawdust. Yeah, remember we gave him a nickel to clean the poop from the goats in the backyard? Yeah, that's that kid. He can't do stuff. We get too hip, too casual, too cool. The glory of God goes someplace else. Where does he go? Ichabod happens. And the glory is gone. The glory of God goes someplace else completely. Where does it go? Right next to Dagon. Verse 3. And when the people had come into the camp, I'm sorry, and when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. Notice the word it. They don't use him as a he. It. They sat it in its place again. It. I don't know about you, but it's a bummer when you got to prop up your God when he falls down, isn't it? It stinks. I mean, I got enough to worry about about Mark. Now I got to take care of my God. No, dude, you just aren't doing it. Let me fix you here. Prop him up. Stick a stick in his back. Good luck. See you in the morning. Come back in here to worship you again. I mean, I feel a little ripped off when that happens. But like any idol, you got to watch your God. If money... Money's your idol. You got to watch the stocks. They're going up. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, they're going down. No, 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 no. You got to watch them. They rise and they fall. Your stature. You got to do something to keep it propped up. I got to look good today. People got to respect me. I'm the man. I got to be able to say these cool phrases and get people to move and shake and do what I need them to do. Your stature could be your God. Got to pop it up. Could be a car. Could be your car. Wow, man, I sure look good in this car. I make that car look good. Let me shine it. Let me polish it. Because I want people to see that, you know what? My car is cool. And if my car is cool, they're going to think I'm cool. Can't let it get hurt or scratched. Got a little button. Park it way out in the back so nobody touches my God. He's over there. I, I used to drive a crane one time. And I had to go, somebody called and said, hey man, you got to go do a lift in a parking lot. It was after a big thunderstorm and a lot of wind. And the funniest thing, I drove up with this crane truck. And there's a guy standing there in a suit and he's got his hand on his face. He's bummed out. And I can see why. The Corvette. (laughs) It had a light pole on it. And this is before the days of cell phone. This is right before cell phones. I had a CB radio, and my boss calls and says, what's up there? And I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And so I told him. And I was like, I wish I had a camera, because right next to the Corvette on both sides were two pieces of junk cars that were rusted out, hubcaps missing. I got out, and he's like, how could this happen? How could this happen? And I thought, well, I'm going to do the lift before I tell him how it happened. 
So I lift this big light pole off and move it over into another part of the parking lot, set it down, and then his car looks like somebody just put a crease right down the middle of it. He's like, I can't believe this happened. There's two junky cars on each side. I couldn't hit one of those. I was like, well, maybe those cars ain't anybody's God. He looked at me and he was like, touche. That's all he said was touche and walked back into the place where he worked. And I was like, man, thank you, Lord, that I did not get punched in the face. (laughs) Sometimes it happens. Think about that car as your God, how you got to take care of that little guy. You got to feed it, put some gas in it. Does it take care of you or do you take care of it? If it's an idol, this is how you know. You've got to take care of it. You know, some of us can even take our children and make them idols. It's called child-centered parenting, not God-centered parenting. Parenting. I learned how to speak. Our children become our idols. Then there's the gods that we give up all around you that you had to get, you know, that, we, that are hard to give up. Think about the gods that you find hard to give up. Some of us have given them up. They cause you to have a little bit of a buzz. And you've got to maintain that. Again, you've got to go purchase it, keep it in a secret place, and then all of a sudden it, it begins to own you. You get a little bit, and then you blow your money on that little god. You need to serve that god every day. And those kinds of gods, they, they need help. They can't count on you. You count on it. You might say, but don't you have to watch Jehovah? Yahweh, sure you do. Don't you have to give to him sacrificially? Yes, you do. And don't you have to watch and allow him to control you? Yes, you do. So what's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is I want to. I don't have to. I don't have to drink alcohol or do drugs or take medicines that I shouldn't be taking just to maintain something. Again, the difference is the gods of this world need you to provide for them. And then some of them will turn you into a slave. And when you're stuck in that, you'll realize that, wow, I'm in bondage. I can't break free. Look at verse 4. And when they rose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon was both, with both palms and his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. And so here he breaks his head, his hands, and his torso. And I'm sure one of the priests said, Dagon, what's going on? I wish this didn't happen. Think about it. He fell before the ark of God. Isn't that crazy? You capture God in a box, throw him in with your idol, and all of a sudden your God's face down. It's a picture of their God bowing before our God, the real God. Turn with me now, keep your hand in 1 Samuel 5, to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. We're going to look at commandments 1 and 2. You shall have no other gods before me. If you got a pen, a highlighter, colored pencil, crayon, whatever you use to write with or highlight in your Bible, circle before the word before, and then right next to it in the margin somewhere or above it, 
No other gods above, over, or alongside is what that word means. No other gods above, over, or alongside. So they put Dagon, the grain god, next to or with Yahweh, Jehovah, the Almighty God, the one true God. And no other God can stand before him. No other God can be exalted. And so the same way the Lord lives within you, there shall be no other gods before you. He, does, he says he's a jealous God. You shall have no other gods before me. He's jealous. No other gods. Uh, he's not willing to share his space. And for that fact, no matter where you move him, he's not willing to share his space, his spot, his place. And so maybe in your life, something has fallen and broken to pieces and you don't know what it is. Hey, take a look. Take a close look. Maybe it's a God. Maybe it's an idol. Maybe he's saying, bro, sis, I'm not sharing that. I'm not willing to share that. Dagon can't even save himself. That guy's Corvette couldn't save itself. It just laid there crushed. The stocks, when they drop, your money can't save itself. You're going to be the one to rescue it, going to pull it all out and put it in something else. It's not going to work. It's sad. The second commandment, look at verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not bow down nor serve them. So what is this saying? The second commandment is you shall have no other goals. Goals, G-O-A-L-S, goals. No goals after any other God. Why? They're not worth it. No goals? Yep. No goals. No goals to serve those other gods. No goals to reach and make them your God or idol. Our goal for today is, in the Philistine camp, is our goal today is to prop up Dagon. Get his hands and his head attached. That's our goal. To work around Yahweh, Jehovah, the one true God to serve a lesser God. No, 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 it doesn't matter. You may be familiar with David's story in the book of 1 Samuel, but did you know he was just one of many important characters from the verses of this Old Testament book? Many people's lives are intertwined to bring about God's plan, even some who weren't following their creator. God used each person to pave the way for David to ascend the throne and ultimately to bring about salvation for the entire world through his line. Today, you may be a David in your own world. God may be calling you to huge things that will take you to potentially dangerous but ultimately wonderful places. On the other hand, you might be someone God is using to prepare the way for another or to support them in their role. This doesn't in any way diminish your importance. Wherever you are in life, you can be demonstrating God to the world. If you'd like us to pray for you as you seek God's will for your life, please give us a call. We can be reached at 281-391-5503. That number again is 281-391-5503. 
If you'd like to hear today's message again or listen to other editions of Come Alive, we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Find us on your smartphone app store or subscribe on iTunes. You'll receive up-to-date teachings as soon as we make them available. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time to continue studying through 1 Samuel right here on Come Alive. Come Alive.